I've got some predictions I want to talk about, including Lincoln's laws don't mess up. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Holkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. I appreciate your support, and you can show your appreciation for the show, especially if you're watching on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button, and if you want to become a subscriber, it's easy. Hit the red subscribe button. It's done. Both of those contributions mean a whole, whole lot to the show. And because Locked on USC comes at you Monday through Friday, hit that bell notification button and you will not miss an episode. I've been telling everybody who USC is after. We've been talking about recruiting nonstop, uh, it seems like, this whole month. For good reason. It's been a really good recruiting month for USC. Lots of commitments. And uh, we're getting towards the end of June. So now with uh, about a week left, and roughly 30 days until fall camp actually opens. It's time for me to put my money where my mouth is, and we're going to see how well Lincoln Riley can close, at least with getting commitments in June. And then at the same time, he's going to make me look like a freaking genius because I'm going to put myself out there. (laughs) So, uh, I know how much of a disciplinarian Lincoln Riley is, and I'm going to have more on that in segment two. I I mentioned Lincoln's laws. Let me make this prediction. Do not screw up. Stay tuned. So here are the upcoming commitment dates for uh, the rest of the month. I went over it on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC. You can go check that out. But as a reminder here, um, we've got Ryan Pelham, on Monday, the 26th, Marquise Gallegos, the 27th. The next one is scheduled for June 29th, Draylon Miller. Following day, June 30th, Ty Anthony Smith. Actually, two are scheduled for that day, Braylon Connolly. Now, let's uh, go over each one of those in my, uh, my prediction. Ryan Pelham, as I mentioned, wide receiver, Milliken High School, speedy, fast, twitchy, uh, type of wide receiver that causes problems for defensive backs in open space. You can line him up outside. You can line him up in the slot. Uh, all around terrific receiver. So, someone apparently can't whether it was his camp or what with the old camps. Well, hey, what? You probably don't need to come. We know we're feeling you will see. So unless it happens between now and Monday, depending on when you're watching this episode of Locked On USC, I'd like to introduce you to USC's newest wide receiver in the class of 2024, Ryan Pell. On this one, rock solid. Take it to the 99%. Death and taxes, everything is 100%. How about Marquise Gallegos? 
Well, again, he officially June 27th. Both he and Ryan actually were supposed to be in Eugene, Oregon for their official visit weekends. However, neither will be trip. So, again, maybe Oregon wind. I'm not sure who decided not to make the trip, but neither one will be there. So Ryan Pelham gave the money to himself, and then on Tuesday, Marquise Gallegos becomes USC's 14th commitment for their class of 2024, and number 11 in the month of June alone. So outstanding defensive uh, prospect. I know Dante had a big smile on his face. I was on USC's campus uh, Thursday afternoon. They had one of their camps for up-and-coming prospects. Now, good things typically happen on Wednesdays, on hump days. Just the day alone says it all. Uh, so next week, uh, we'll offer something. Otherwise, uh, it seems like USC is going to take the day off with the commitment on Wednesday, uh, the 28th. And... Uh, just take the day to catch the breath because on the 29th they are anticipating Draylon Miller, the wide receiver from Texas. We know that Lincoln Riley loves to recruit wide receivers, quarterbacks. And instead, right now, it's about to go on a run of recruits. Well, USC is about to go on a run of recruit commitments from the Lone Star State, starting with Draylon Miller. So, <clears throat> He'll get uh, Thursday to make his announcement public. My confidence level would be probably 90% plus. Something could happen now and then. I don't think anything will, but I'm not as confident about Draylon as I am about Ryan Pelham and uh, Marquis Gallegos. I'm extremely confident with them. I am just slightly below extremely confident. <laughs> Take it for what it's worth. Just trying to categorize everything for everybody here. And one day later, linebacker, Ty Anthony Smith. If we're taking uh, Braylon's word for it, Ty Anthony Smith will be a USC Trojan as well because they're both playing together. To wrap up the month, June 30th, we have Braylon Connolly, uh, safety cornerback prospect, Texas. This is the one I know. Dante feels very confident about this one. I do too. However, I just want to keep this in front of everybody. Xavier Smith, Xavier Brown, is still out there, cornerback from modern day. And that's going to be a USC versus Alabama battle. If Xavier starts to notice that the spots are being taken up, is that going to move up his uh, his decision date? As of right now, I don't think he has one. He doesn't have to, um, but USC, they're interested in other back um, commitments or prospects as well. One being uh, Sione Lulay. The JC defensive back, Mateo. So you know a lot of things at play there. It's right now it's really kind of first come first. And so you might want to take that spot while it's still available. 
And then uh, one quick note on uh, guys who are also out there that I'm hearing. Recruits that USC is after, they believe USC can win the national championship this year. So everybody's looking at USC right now. Speaking of, um, number one run back, Taylor Tatum. Uh, he likes baseball a lot. Heard some interesting news uh, the last 24 hours or so. Uh, baseball means a lot to him. It's actually one of his, uh, his first love. At least it was first love growing up. Uh, I do know that he, I've heard that uh, he really loves his football program. Maybe even more than almost. I know I kind of introduced the the rumor that um, Taylor Tatum might be leaning towards Oklahoma after his official visit. Remember this. Keep this in mind, everybody. Every day that goes by that he hasn't that he doesn't make a commitment to Oklahoma, it's better for USC. So the fact that he hasn't committed yet to the Sooners, it's a good sign. We're almost at the end of the week. The further that, that official visit to Mormon, Oklahoma gets in his rearview mirror, the better it is for USC. I actually talked to someone who's close to the situation, and the staff, they're on top of it. Uh, they know what they're doing, what they need to do to make sure that, they, uh, that Taylor chooses USC in the end. Look, as I said, I, I think USC is probably doing something right in with Taylor Tatum's recruitment uh, because the pressure to stay closer to home is actually coming from home. Uh, so we'll see. This is, what did I say? It, this is one of those fluid moments. So we'll, we'll see. Speaking of doing something right, Coach Sean Noah, he's doing something right. And he's able to pull uh, Marquise Lightfoot and Edric Houston. Uh, I'm telling I'm making requests to Trojan fans. They should put a collective together and they should build this man a statue because he will have earned it. Let me tell you this. It is a USC versus Ohio State battle for both of those young men. And believe it or not, I, I believe USC has a very, very, very good shot at the young man from Georgia. Mr. Houston, yeah. Uh, the Bulldogs roster is deep at that position. Uh, defense end, defensive end. And that's why Houston has serious interest in why he's looking out of state. Uh, and USC and Ohio State are, are really the two schools he's, he's considering. This is what um, Coach Newell just needs. He needs to convince these guys how close USC was was last year. That defense, look, I everyone knows they were they they were hard to watch at times, but they didn't have the depth. I'll say it again. If last year's roster has this year's roster, USC makes the playoffs in year one. So Ohio State can, you know, they, they can go around telling everybody, hey, we've got a defense. It's proven. Coach Nua, his, you know, I guess Trump card is Hey, I've coached in the big conference. I know what it takes. And look what we did in one year at USC. Just 
come come to me. I'll make it happen. Coach Nua knows how to make <coughs> players look good. He did it at Michigan. He's done it at USC in one year. He made Tuli Tui Pelotu look really good. And if you want to look good, now you probably need to head on over to Bird Dogs. Because Bird Dog shorts and their pants, they make you look good when you put them on. They, they, they don't, they're not made with that everyday cotton that, you know, they're stiff, look boxy on you. They're, 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 their product is made with a stretch khaki material, both pants and shorts. And they're versatile enough so you can wear them anywhere. And they're designed to fit slimmer through the, through the thigh, through the leg. So if you've got that athletic soccer leg, you need to have a pair of bird dogs. You'll, trust me, you'll like the way you look in them. And bird dogs, in my opinion, much better than that Lululemon gear. They fit way better than your regular everyday cotton shorts, as I just mentioned. And here's some bonus points to the bird dogs product. They produce their product with anti-stink, anti-sweat wicking fabric. You know what that means? That means all day long, you're not going to smell and you're not going to leave any sweat-stained shadows in places you don't want people to know you've been sweating. And they're super comfortable. Guys, below the belt, what do we like? We like to be comfortable. So go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on college. And every time you place an order, you're going to get a free Yeti-style tumbler with that order. That's birddogs.com forward slash locked on college. You won't want to take these bird dogs off. I promise you. So I, I don't want to remind all my everyday viewers and listeners and all of you want to be everyday listeners. You should want to be Monday through Friday, five days a week. This is the last episode of this week. It's Friday, but I'm going to have an update from the weekend. So make sure you're tuning in on Monday. I'll have more recruiting notes and a whole lot more. So I was able to, uh, run into some people and I got some really good information about the team. If you've been over to wersc.com over the last couple of years, you know that um, some from, from my writings, uh, I have in the past talked about Lincoln's laws. Well, that's my, my term for it. It's, it's about Lincoln Riley's way of getting the team to be accountable. And last year, um, if one player messed up, the whole team messed up. Same philosophy, same concept applies in year two for Lincoln Riley. However, year two, um, the penalties are actually more serious. There's no, no margin for error. Don't screw up. Um, like I said, I talked about these last year, team accountability and, and how the players are, are, are being asked to police themselves. Again, one player messes up, the whole team pays the penalties. So eventually, if one or two or three or four players are constantly the bane of everyone's existence, hey, a few good men, code red. There's a ways of getting everybody in line. And if the players can't do it, um, the coaching staff will. Benny Wiley will get it done. Strength them. Strength and conditioning coach. 
So uh, as much as things have changed since Lincoln Riley arrived, young men, teenagers, they still they stay the same every single year. Life goes on. Um, I, I guess the best way for me to make an analogy with this, you know me. Think about the movie Dazed and Confused. You know that scene with Matthew McConaughey? They're outside the rec center. Yeah. And he says, the older I get, they stay the same age. Yes, they do. <laughs> if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm referring to. But the same concept applies. Teenagers every year are going to be teenagers. doesn't matter if you grew up in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. Young people, they have a mind of their own. And that's why we love them. Um, but, you know, some freshmen, they're more mature than other freshmen. And some freshmen are actually more mature than sophomores and juniors. I hope they're not more mature than seniors. The penalties in year two for, with Lincoln's laws are more serious the second time around. Because, especially for the guys who were around last year, because they should know better. They don't need to be reminded. So don't miss a tutor session or you'll be getting the team in trouble. Logging late to a Zoom meeting? Uh, got news for you. The coaching staff is aware of it. That'll cost you and the team an up and down. Late to a meal? Yeah, you just messed up. And what's great about this is the penalty system is tiered. Yeah, it gets worse. The team actually gets a cumulative score. So, for instance, like 1 to 10. If, every, if the team has a score of screw-ups between 1 and 10, um, it, it's like everyone gets the let's do better speech. But then when you get into that 11 to 19 category, all right, well, now you're going to start paying some penalties. 20 to 39, the penalties actually start to double. So, yeah, um, if, let's just say you've, uh, you've earned 21 demerits. I'm using uh, finger quotes. That would actually be like 42 ups and downs is the way it was described to me. I, if I understood it correctly. So, uh, again, one person messes up, the whole team gets the demerit. And... I guess uh, after that, you know, those early, you, you really don't want to start those early morning workouts with uh, Benny Wiley with the penalty phase. Because Benny doesn't need sleep. Um, I was told by him one day at a time. I, asked, I said, did you get any sleep? Don't need it. There's rumor that that guy gets maybe two hours, three hours at most in a 24-hour period to sleep. That's crazy. <laughs> in other words, he can do whatever an 18-year-old can do and probably do it better and embarrass the 18-year-old. So, what Lincoln's Laws are all about, it's all about time management. And during the summer especially, PRPs, summer school, no joke. You don't have time. You were literally in summer school you are taking a semester's worth of classes. You're, you, you take, you know, 
You're fitting it into three hours. One class, three hours. And don't forget, in the morning, you've got workouts. Then you got class. Then you got your other team responsibilities in the afternoon. You got PRPs, time management, accountability. Be focused. Again, that's what these laws that I call Lincoln's laws, that's what they're all about. So, you know, don't get me wrong. The, the team's having fun, but there is literally, there's no room for screwing around. And because if you are, you're, you're letting the, you're letting your team down. The, the, they got so close last season and the focus is on getting to the promised land this year. They, it's playoffs or bust. As I mentioned, recruits are already, you know, talking in USC in regards of, you know what, USC can win the championship this year. I heard a really cool thing about freshman Rush End Sam Green. I was told that he is a freak. And it's this is actually a compliment, but it's stemming from a negative, so to speak. Follow along. He Sam just keeps impressing his teammates, um, especially this summer. We saw what he was capable of in the spring game. And this summer, he hasn't let up during PRPs. But he needs to get the freshmen out of his system and stop taking the... Uh, this is how I'm describing it. My own words. Excuse me. Yes, I have hiccups right now. I apologize. He needs to stop taking the Lendale-White approach to practice. Apparently, this young man, he can roll out of bed 10 minutes before PRP is supposed to start and just smoke everyone. Literally, just whatever the competition is, he's out there winning. And so this one person said to me, imagine if Sam gave himself the time to actually get prepared physically and mentally. You know, give himself 30 minutes to, you know, get taped up, stretch, all that kind of stuff. Instead of just, you know, getting out there just in time, kind of rubbing the sleep out of his eyes, and then just doing what he needs to do. This is your this is typical freshman stuff. You know, first time away from home. Um, you, you're you're learning how to use time management, how to be responsible. And if he can't get it figured out, and he's not causing any problems, I do not want anybody thinking that he is an issue. Far from it. Okay, Am I, have I made that clear? It's a non-issue. The point that was being driven home to me was that, oh my God, once this guy kind of dedicates himself 100%, um, he's going to be a very special player. That's what I'm trying to convey here. He's not, he's putting the effort out there. Don't, again, he's putting it out there. But Think about those players who are successful in the NFL. Or think of, imagine if Sam Green had the Kobe Mamba, the Mamba mentality, Kobe Bryant's Mamba mentality. That's what I'm talking about. Knowing that every minute matters. 
every decision you make matters. That's how good Sam Crane can be. So if anybody goes and tells Sam, hey, Mark over there on Locked on USC was talking bad about you, far from it. What Mark is doing is like once the, the light bulb goes off and Sam recognizes, oh, my God, I'm really good and I can be great. I can be the next Tuli, Tuia Pelotu. He and his brothers will get him figured out. I can't wait to see him in fall camp. Cannot wait. Because when I heard that, again, Lindell White, what was he known for? He didn't practice that hard. But when the when it was game time, <laughs> yeah, he lived up to it. I want more from I want more of that. Sam Green, if you give me the Mamba mentality at practice, yeah, you're going to be a stud. You're going to be a first-round draft pick. All right, end of the show, third segment. It's time for my Friday rant. And... I, I wasn't sure where I wanted to go with this one, but I needed to do something. There are way too many transfers, and I'm not talking about in college. I'm not talking about the transfer portal in college. I'm talking about in high school. I don't know if uh, you, you've seen the video. It's floating around on the internet. It's a, it's a TikTok video goofing on Georgia uh, commit, Dylan Rayola. Name should be familiar. USC, quarterback, recruit. He originally committed to Ohio State, decommitted, floated the idea about coming to USC. And in fact, at one point, I think he was actually silently committed to USC. Eventually, he chose Georgia. Well, this video that's out there, it's a meme. Um, it, it, it's goofing on the fact that he's actually going to be transferring to his fourth high school in four years. So did the question is, did USC dodge a bullet? This isn't sour grapes. This is a, this is a serious question. He is transferring to his fourth high school in four years. The second in the same calendar year. And I'm going to explain that here in just a moment. I know the folks at Ohio State feel like they, they kind of dodged a bullet. They, they, they kind of felt like something was different with Dylan when he was out there, when he was committed. So if you're not aware of Dylan's tran uh, high school transitions, he started off in Texas. He then moved to Arizona and he played for Chandler High School. Chandler is a powerhouse program in the state of Arizona. Uh, apparently, he was all prepared to transfer to Pinnacle High School in Scottsdale, Arizona for his senior season. Pinnacle High School, same place where Deuce Robinson attended. At, here's why I think um, Dylan was a silent commit to USC. At one time, he was actually recruiting Deuce to come to USC. Now, before he even plays a down for Pinnacle High School in Scottsdale, He's transferring to Buford, Georgia. So I, I guess, is this how things are done now? Um, I know of one other player who uh, 
who's transferred high schools this many times that played quarterback. Last name Garcia, Jake Garcia. Remember that guy? He was committed to USC at one time. If I'm the pinnacle high school coach, I'm pretty ticked off. If I'm the Chandler high school coach, I'm kind of ticked off. And I'm also upset because a few of my of his players chose to follow Dylan to Pinnacle High School. So I wonder how those players feel now. And like I said, this isn't really a new phenomenon. I just mentioned the name Jake Garcia, committed to USC at one point. Uh, it seemed like he played for every high school in Southern California. Hyperbole aside, um, he played his final year in Georgia before he enrolled at Miami, where he committed to go to college. Jake Garcia, two years later, has transferred to Missouri. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I guess my question is this. Is there, is there, and what's the benefit of playing your high school football in Georgia if you're Dylan Rayola? The cynical side of me is saying that um, someone is paying the family, to kind of keep him close so he doesn't think about decommitting for a third time his senior season. I don't know. Is it, you know, is it the dad? Is the family maybe cashing in? Not just him, the family. You know, with NIL, with collectives, with seven-on-seven -seven programs, Players in high school have way too many options right now. And I get everyone is chasing their dream, and that's great. Love it. I think everybody should. But can we still put the work in? Stop taking all these shortcuts? I mean, look, two high schools in the same league burned by one player. I know that sounds harsh. It's like, wow, Mark, you're, you're kind of coming down hard on a high school, on a high school kid. Well, the game has kind of changed a little bit, and if you're going to portray yourself as a, um, and again, my term, as a uh, as a mercenary, going out there and I just want to play football and not focus on anything else. And I'm not saying that's what Dylan's doing, but. Again, this is a lot of four high schools. It's a lot. I don't know. Um, I, it kind of gives the. Here's something else. It's like the. It's like a player who is really good for his neighborhood high school. Okay, and. He, but he wants to prove to himself that he's better, that he deserves to play at a power program. And they'd rather put on the modern-day helmet or the St. John Bosco helmet at one of those powerhouse programs and say that, hey, yeah, I played for modern-day. I played for Bosco. Well, except they didn't really play for either one of those schools. They sat on the bench rather than seeing the field. That's happening more often. You know, why waste a year of your development saying, yeah, well, you know, I played at Modern Day, but, and then you end up transferring so you can actually get
get on the field and play. I know I kind of went down a few different rabbit holes with my rant. I, I just think at the high school level, there needs to be a little bit, there, there needs to be a few more guardrails put in place. I don't think high school players should be able to transfer that many times. Especially with the situation I explained with Dylan Rayola. That's just, there's a little bit of selfishness with that. Again, you convince players to follow you from another high school. High school coaches have a, a difficult time enough as it is trying to put a roster together, especially in Southern California. High school football is, it's not as strong as it was 10 years ago. And I'm not sure how we can make it stronger again in the neighborhood. Having some pride to stay home, not always be chasing the dollar because you're chasing your dream. All right. That's it for this episode of Locked On USC. That's my rant. There's a lot of good stuff coming up next week. The end of the month of June for USC with recruiting and commitments. So you're going to want to come back here next Monday. Next episode, I'll have everything you want to know. So until then, everyone, you know what to do.